You're listening to the Here We Read podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating diverse and inclusive books for kids and adults. I'm your host, Sharnay Gordon, your fellow reader and book lover. I've been a longtime fan of Selena Alko's work. Selena is an award-winning author-illustrator who currently resides in Brooklyn, New York. Selena grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia, with a Turkish-Jewish father who spoke seven languages and taught painting, and a Jewish mother who worked in the family's century-old metal recycling business. When she's not working on a new project, Selena enjoys reading, traveling, running, art-making workshops, collaging in her sketchbook, and dance walking in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. I really enjoyed this episode and getting to know Selena a little better. I hope you'll enjoy our chat as much as I did. So after a few bookish headlines and a word from my daughter on a book she's recently read, you'll hear from Selena Alko. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. Have you heard about the book ban that's going on in York County, Pennsylvania? Students at Central York High School have been protesting over a list of Black and Latinx-focused books the school board banned back in August. Since this story is still developing, I don't want to say too much about it. I just want to make you aware in case you haven't already heard about it. Like many of my fellow book lovers, I'll keep watching this story as it continues to unfold. But if you want to learn more about it, you can just Google the story. And if you Google students, Central York High School in York County, Pennsylvania, or something like that, the story will pop up. They also have a list of some of the banned books that are online. So again, we'll continue to watch the story as it unfolds. In other news... A few days ago, a listener to the show asked how I find so much time to read so many books, either on my own or with my kids. And whenever someone asks me this question, my answer is always the same. I just do it. I've always been a firm believer in we make time for the things that matter to us most. And for me, reading has been one of the my top priorities in my life. So I'm sure to add it to my task list and my daily schedule religiously every week. But one of the apps that I use to keep track of the books that I read on my own is called Bookly. Have you heard of this app before? It's kind of like a fitness tracker, but for book lovers. And no, this is not a sponsored ad for Bookly. I just truly like this app for helping me to keep track of my books. 
for each book that you read, you can see a variety of like different interesting metrics and statistics. You can see each reading session that you do um, and how long you've actually read. You can see each reading session that you do. You can also track how many pages that you read. It also keeps track of what your average pace is per page and how many pages you finish per hour. It's able to take that information and average it out to let you know how much longer you'll need to finish the book that you're currently reading. You can also set reading goals for yourself. I really like this app, like I said. I installed it on my phone a while ago, so I don't remember if it was a free download. I think it was, but I think they do have a paid option as well. And the paid option offers a little bit more bells and whistles. Anyway, if you're interested, you can check it out. All you have to do is search for Bookly, the Bookly app on your mobile device. So try it out and let me know what you think if you're interested. That's it for this week's Bookish Headlines. Hi, Madison. Hello. What are you going to be talking about today? Change Sings, a children's anthem by Amanda Gordon, illustrated by Lauren Long. Yes, Change Sings by Amanda Gorman. And are you going to read a little bit of the book for us? Yes. Okay. I can hear change humming in its loudest, proudest song. I don't fear change coming, and so I sing along. I scream with the skies of red and blue streamers. I dream with the cries of tried and true dreamers. I'm a chant that rises and rings. There is hope where my change sings. Thank you so much, Madison, for that excellent reading. Again, the title is... Change Sings, a children's anthem by Amanda Gorman, illustrated by Lauren Long. Thanks, Madison. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of the Here We Read podcast. Today, I am joined by Selena Alco. She is an author illustrator of several children's picture books, and I will let her talk about some of her books, but Thank you so much, Selena, for being here, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really my pleasure. I I love what you're doing, and I follow you, and I'm just thrilled to be here today. Yay! (laughs) Awesome. All right, let's jump right in, Selena. So why don't we start off with you telling everyone who may not be familiar with you a little bit about yourself, your family, anything that you'd like to share. Okay. I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, and I moved to New York 30 years ago to go to art school, and I became an American citizen. I have been doing children's books for about 20 years. I I majored, did I say that I majored in illustration? But that's what I studied at the School of Visual Arts, and I have been very interested I think having moved from Vancouver, I'm also Jewish, I should say, moving to New York, I felt like immediately sort of at home in a way that I didn't 
feel on the West Coast in Vancouver, which was growing up very Anglo-Saxon, not super diverse. But New York City, the diversity, feeling at home as a Jew, just really, it made me feel immediately comfortable. And I married an African-American, Sean Qualls. He's also an illustrator, artist, and we had a lot in common. We helped each other build our careers. We collaborated. We did four books together. We had two children who are now teenagers. We recently, we separated. We're divorced now, but we're amicable. And, you know, by through our marriage and being together for 20 years, it sort of further enhanced my my interest in multicultural books, diversity, and exploring issues of race and identity. And I think the book that I'm probably that I think really kind of signifies the most what I learned from being married and having biracial children was exploring the Loving versus Virginia case in the book, The Case for Loving, which I wrote and we co-illustrated. So because at the time that we got married, I actually didn't realize how recent the history of miscegenation was in the United States and how it wouldn't have been legal for us to have gotten married just 30 years before we did. So yeah, so that's a book I'm really quite proud of. And, you know, we did several other books together. And I've done books on my own that deal with themes of identity. Like, for example, our children celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. So I did a book called Daddy Christmas and Hanukkah Mama, which is I wanted to sort of make a positive spin on blending the holidays for families that do both. Right. Yeah. I met Sean Qualls. It must have been, well, this was back when the world was open. Pre-pandemic, we met at the one of the book expos in New York. And oh, wow. you know, very briefly, I just went up to and you know, went up to him and said, Oh my God, I'm such a fan of your work. And we took a picture and then he signed my book. I don't remember which book it is right now, but he signed my book and it was probably a recent release that had just come out from the book expo. So yeah, I was sorry to hear about the divorce when you told me about it, but yeah, I love both of you and your work and just so thrilled for both of you. Let's talk about your most recent book, which is I is for Immigrant. How did that kind of, how did that kind of come up? Where did you get the idea from? Because that one is like you, it's primarily illustration, correct? But where did the idea come from for that book? Well, I had done a book eight years earlier called B is for Brooklyn. And and that was an exploration of the borough that, you know, we live in. And I, I really enjoyed coming up with different things for that. I call it an alphabet puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and within B is for Brooklyn, on the letter I did, I do have I is for immigrants okay. in that book. Right. Okay. And at the time, it was 2016 when some of these really horrific policies were being put in place. And I had like a really visceral reaction, like so many to what was happening. I think I put that spread from the Brooklyn book on social media and it kind of went viral and my editor saw it from that book and she suggested, she said, why don't we do a, a book, you know, 
on just on immigration. And yeah, so it just came from making a post and then getting a lot of response and feeling like this is a topic worth further exploring. And I feel like because I am an immigrant, I I, I mean, I moved (laughs) from Canada to the United States, became American. My father moved from Istanbul, Turkey to Canada, you know, when after he finished the army in Istanbul, when he was a young adult, and he actually made his way through New York, he was a bike messenger for a year. Um, Yeah, (laughs) he sort of has and you know, I grew up he had an accent. So I had, you know, I had like the immigrant family, you know, he every time he was on the phone with his family, it was either in Turkish or French or Spanish, he spoke seven languages. And so I had a very colorful childhood growing up with my father. And he was a very strong encourager of me following my dreams and moving to New York to become an artist because he's a big he was he's he died nine years ago. But Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, he was a huge, like a fan of art. Like he was a, he just, it was a strong value for him. So I think he was quite thrilled that I was going to pursue a career in the arts. Of course, he was worried, you know, but he was a believer. And so anyways, for all those different reasons, I think it felt like a natural fit to to do this new alphabet puzzle. (laughs) So then it becomes a thing of like, listing all the letters and coming up with enough different things from different cultures. And so the research part was really interesting. And, you know, I went on a, a food tour in Queens. Oh, um, this, this tour group called Culinary Backstreets and like really tasted so many different amazing dishes from mostly South American countries. But Sweet. yeah, so it was very cool. Yeah. That is super cool. And what I love about like people who are author illustrators is that in addition to write, I mean, this book, Eyes for Immigrant, Eyes for Immigrant, it doesn't have much text in it. It's primarily illustration. Mm-hmm. But since you do your own research, you can then turn around and draw your own illustrations. You know what I mean? Versus a, an author who has to then translate, you know, the, the, image or what you know or the photographs that they've seen to the illustrator and then the illustrator interprets it you know what I mean yeah I don't know if that makes sense yeah you're kind of in creating a new vision or interpreting the vision based on whatever like it it's a different kind of challenge yeah yeah that's a very I, I and I think you have to have a very kind of creative mind as you do you know to be an author illustrator to mm. you know write the text and then you know, have the vision in your head of, of what, how you're going to interpret that. I think it's just such a gift. So I just love what you do and, you know, what so many people who are author illustrators do. I, I love that so much. So you said you grew up with your dad. Was your mom around too, or did you just have your dad in your household? No, she was around. Yeah. She's a third generation Eastern European Jewish family. In fact, I'm staying here right now. I'm in her home. Oh, okay. I'm in Vancouver doing this interview. Right. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Now let's talk about the kids. So they are, you know, biracial. How is it, how do you find it raising biracial children in today's 
world? Yeah, it's been challenging, I have to say. I think, especially for my daughter, who's 13. My son is 16, and the jury's out on how he's, you know, absorbing everything that's happening around him and what he will do with it. He's an artist as well, so he kind of has an outlet and seems to be managing okay. But for my daughter, you know, she was thick in puberty when Black Lives Matters last summer. And she's very socially aware and very sensitive to what's happening. And when she was younger, we used to go on the women's marches together. And okay. Yeah, women's marches and the climate change marches. And, and definitely, so last summer, she was like revved up and very like upset. And, you know, she has very like thick, you know, she has a, a wonderful afro right now. But I think hair has always been a challenge for her mm-hmm. and for us. And, you know, she likes to get her hair done but then when it's not done, you know, it it's very, you know, I think she compares herself a lot. For as progressive as our neighborhood in Park Slope, Brooklyn is, most of her friends are white, thin girls, you know, with straight hair. And, you know, her body shape is, she's more shapely. She bloomed before her peers and her, you know... So she, I, I know she struggles. I mean, I, I right. hope it's okay that I'm saying this. Yeah. <laughs> but just because like everything happened at once for her anyways, it was a perfect storm with the pandemic, our separation, Black Lives Matters, identity, her body changing. So yeah, it's been challenging. I mean, I, we've always, in our books, we've always dealt with identity and trying, and when she was younger in elementary school, her teachers noticed that she actually had a very positive sense of self compared mm. to other children. But I feel like as she's getting older, it's shifting and it's a new level of coming to terms with and and figuring out her place, I guess. Right. You know, I think, I don't know if that's a, a girl thing or not, but I kind mm. of identify with what you were saying because I kind of went through something similar where you know, when I was young, very positive about myself. And then, you know, that teenage years, always kind of rocky, right? I shouldn't say always, but it was for me, kind of rocky. And then college is where I really kind of started to really find myself and Mm -hmm. understand myself. And then once I was, you know, old enough, it's like, now I'm just like, so comfortable in my own skin, you know, so it's like this whole up and down, ebb and flow kind of journey that we all, I think, go on. So I think, you know, I think most people can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, And I love, there's a book that, that I love that you did. I think you did with maybe with Sean. I'm not sure. Why am I me? Is that the one? Yeah. That one's kind of like about identity too. So that kind of came to mind as you were talking. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so many great books that you've done over the years. Anything that you're currently working on that you're allowed to share? Um, Working on a couple books. I'm doing one right now. I think I can share it. I didn't write it. I'm just illustrating a book about the kinder transport in Europe. It's it was during World War II. There was a man in Britain who 
saved a bunch of Jewish children. So it was during the Holocaust and his name's Nicholas Winton and he saved 669 Jewish children by arranging for legal adoptions out of Czech, out of Prague, Czechoslovakia. And they, by train, they went to new families in London. So it's about refugees in World War II, but it's a positive story. In total, the the actual history is that there were 10,000 children saved out of a million. Um, Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of a little known piece of history. Most Jewish people by now know it, but but, you know, and it's becoming more known. And I think there have been, I think Peter Sis, do you know his work? Peter Sis? No, no. Yes. He did a book about this. You would actually really like his work. You should check it out. Uh, I believe he just did a book, very similar story that came yeah. out. But so the, the, so these pieces of history are becoming known, but there's, but I really resonated. I mean, obviously as a Jewish person, but also just the idea of, I mean, you know, again, what's happening in our culture now and just, or just in general in history seems to keep repeating itself. It's really, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's one you're illustrating that. Anything else that you're I'm doing another one. I don't really want to talk about the theme yet. It's been, um, yeah, it's a book about a little girl and it's, it's fictional and there's a lot of collage I, and it's sort of also mirroring some things that I'm going through. And I, yeah, that's, that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> do you have, and I probably should have asked you this before, but do you have a book handy that you can read a little bit from mm-hmm. any, anything of your choice? Do you want me to read a little from Eyes Sure. I mean, yeah. it's not much of a story, but I can at least like maybe do some highlight from each letter. Okay, um, go for it. Okay, cool. So A is for ancestors and also African dance, abulita, art, ambition, aspire. B is for bodega. Braids, baklava, books, bubble tea, belonging. C is for Chinatown, culture, creativity, children, community centers. D is for dreamers, diversity, dumplings, day of the dead. E is for Ellis Island, endurance, education, empanadas. That's (laughs) That's awesome. Yay. All right. So what kinds of things does Selena like to do in her spare time when you're not writing, you're not researching, or you're not drawing? I, I like to read. I'm a big reader fiction. I belong to a book club. I do this fun thing in Brooklyn called Dance Walk, where, well, a group of us get together and we listen to our own music on headphones and we literally dance around Prospect Park together. Like we're we're like the crazy people, like, you know, doing weird (laughs) moves with no sound, but we have our own sound, but we kind of feed off each other's energy. 
and we dance around the park. We do that on Saturdays, some weekends. So I love that. Sometimes I'll just do it on my own with like one or two other friends. What else do I like? Those are two of my big things. I just, yeah, reading and like literally hanging out with my cat. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I have to say I am a fan of Netflix too. I've gotten, I have some shows that just really enjoy a good story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what are you watching now on Netflix? Because I go through this thing where, I mean, I'm not a big TV watcher, mm-hmm. but when I do want to watch something, I always have to ask people for recommendations because I'm like, okay, what's good? Because I don't know, right? So mm-hmm. what are you what are you kind of into on Netflix? Do we have it? And I just, I really yeah. don't watch it. Unless somebody tells me, oh, you got to watch this and then I'll watch it. At one point I was watching three shows and they all had subtitles. Okay. The one that I... I recently finished that I loved is call my agent in French. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. It's about subtitles. It has subtitles. Okay. And it's French. And then I was also watching, have you heard of Stizzle? Stizzle. It's a Jewish, it's about the Orthodox community, but it's fascinating. It's very psychological. And it, it honestly gave me a lot of empathy and entry into their world because it's just beautifully done it's called shtizzle mm-hmm. and then i was watching a turkish show called ethos e-t-o-s also very psychological very about like a peasant woman in therapy very good okay. very good i was watching right. three shows and i'm like they're all so different but i learned a lot from each of them and i enjoyed right. them yeah, I, I started watching Manifest. I think that was mm-hmm. the most thing that I recently watched. I didn't, okay. I got the season two and then I was kind of like, eh, it, I don't know. The storyline just like changed drastically. So I love like season one, the first few episodes, I was so hooked. I was like, oh my God, I got to keep watching this one. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, for me, season two, I think I'm on I stopped at episode three and I was just kind of like, eh, mm. so I don't know if I'm really motivated to continue watching. Have you seen that one yet? I have not. I have not. I don't yeah. even know what it's about. Yeah. It's, yeah. well, I don't want to spoil it for okay. you, but um, look that one up. Look up okay. Manifest. Okay. It, it was really popular. Okay. And that's why like some, a few people right. actually recommended it to me and said, right. you got to watch this. And so that's why I watched it. So yeah, check that one out. Okay. Yeah. I know I need to watch Brickerton. Did you see that one? I have not. Well, I started watching. I did. I started watching the first few, maybe three or four, and then I stopped. Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, I I just, it needs to like hold my attention and it really didn't. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people loved it. I just wasn't like. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like over the top for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can um, get through. I mean, I get the New Yorker, the Sunday Times, and then between reading, it's like there's just too there's too much to take in. <laughs> right. There is. There is. So I was on your website and I saw that you had a quote on here. It says, write what is closest to your heart. Mm. What do you care about? What excites you? What makes you feel sad? 
And that is usually the advice that you give to aspiring writers. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Any other advice for maybe aspiring illustrators or yeah. Any, any advice for aspiring illustrators that you would give? Keep a sketchbook with you, not necessarily at all times, but when I, I find if I have downtime, I just like to fill up pages. I actually do a thing because I'm into mixed media. So mm -hmm. I will just paint or put collage down on several pages at a time and then go back in. And I like to just, you know, things like I like to let associations come to me. So if it's just a word or an image and, you know, I collect it and then I find that process of the sketchbooking really informs or feeds into my children's book work. So yeah, I think that's the advice I would give to aspiring um, artists. Yeah. Who are some illustrators and authors that you enjoy? I really love Melissa Sweet. Yes. Um, I mean, she's like mixed media maven. Who else? I I like uh, Lauren Castillo. Do you oh, know yes. her? I do. Yeah. I do. I love her work. She's such a charm. She has such a charming way of drawing animals and people. Sophie Blackall. Who else? I like, I, oh my gosh, I'm spacing. That's okay. I like Aaron Meshon. Do you know him? No, I don't know who that is. Aaron Meshon. Um, illustrator? That's an illustrator or an author? Illustrator. Illustrator. Okay. I love Christian Robinson. Oh my gosh. Oh my He's gosh. Like, did you see his target? collection I think I've been seeing some of that is it's been on social media oh, yeah, yeah yeah oh my god yeah. it, I went to Target the other day and I wanted to buy everything <laughs> in his collection okay. wow so he has his own collection he does in Target whoa whoa yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty yeah. amazing yeah like I mean I'm also a fan of Matt de la Pena. Mm. His writing is beautiful. And when they, you know, when they last stop came out and their other book, Carmela, Full of Wishes, so beautiful. But so both of them are inspirations. So many. I mean, it's hard yeah, to. There's um, so many. Yeah. I love Vanessa Brantley Newton. Yes. She yeah. was recent. Well, she was on the show last season. Yeah. And she has a new book coming out, The Queen of Kindergarten. And I can't wait to get that one. I'm like, I'm waiting and waiting for that one to come out. But I love Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, so She's a great much. person. She's a, such yeah. an inspiring speaker. Mm -hmm. I mean, really powerful. She should be, she, I don't know, should have her own show. She <laughs> should, right? I can yeah, totally see amazing. her doing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like a lot yeah. of editorial illustrators as well, like people okay. that aren't, aren't in the children's book world. I follow like Martha Rich and Catherine Streeter. Oh, do you know Jessie Hartland? She does children's books also. I cannot. No, I don't Adele know who that is. Potter, Karen Berger. I have a bunch of friends who mm -hmm. we were, we formed the Pen and Ink Brigade. Did you hear about oh. 
It, no, what is that? We actually fundraised $100,000 to flip Georgia to help to go toward. Yeah. Yes, we did. We were very politically involved after, yeah. you know, 2016, we started doing a bunch of fundraisers to tar- kind of target state elections. Mm-hmm. So I have like a whole bunch of like illustrator women friends, mostly, yeah, some editorial, some children's. But yeah, we've been like selling our work and trying to really raise money to work towards positive change. Right. Oh, I might have to, I might have to ask you for some fundraising ideas. So yeah, from my nonprofit organization. So mm-hmm. I might have to for ask sure. you that. Getting ready to kick off a fundraiser. September 1st, actually next week. So wow. Yeah. What are you raising for just for our nonprofit? So we Uh collect diverse books for children, Uh ages birth to 17, and then we donate them 50 books at a time to each of the 50 states to kids in need across the country. So we've done it twice already. Mm -hmm. And we're gearing up to do it for a third time, making a way making our way all around the US just donating books. Great. But yeah, we're trying to do big things, you know, with the nonprofit in general. So we just need money. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What about the publishers? Well, I mean, we can talk about this another time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I did want to ask you also about, you did do earlier this, was it this year or last year? Joni, the, mm-hmm. the story of Joni Mitchell. Yes. How did that one, how did that one kind of, kind of come about? Well, I had been thinking about doing a, a biography uh, um, of someone like of great interest. So I was toying with different musicians. Um, I wanted to do a woman. I wanted um, it to be kind of along the lines of that period of music that helped inform, you know, that I grew up with. And I had been noticing sort of Bob Dylan and a a lot of Joni's peers were being elevated. And I felt like she is, in my mind, like the greatest. So I just started doing research. She's from Canada. She's from a small town. And she also, like, there were a lot of parallels to her life in my life, I felt like she, you know, she had to leave her small town to pursue her art. She was a visual artist first. She went to art school. And then she just is such an, like an emotional, like poetic lyricist. And that I felt like there were so many sort of metaphors and images in within her writing and her lyrics that spoke to me and that I felt I could illustrate that I could really make come to to life and that would make a good story and she also overcame polio Mm -hmm. so you know she had that kind of childhood where she developed that ex you know the grit and the the determination to kind of move forward and make something of her life and she did and you know and through hard times and I I just feel like her story you know just has a lot of sort of lessons in it and I was hoping that would resonate with young readers and be like an it she'd be an inspiration so that that's how that came about and it was a a really like intense process because I worked with an editor who kept 
had a lot of different her own ideas and like it went mm-hmm. through a lot of evolutions and it started off to be as a, quite a poetic like manuscript like the story was in my original take was very lyr- lyrical and then it ended up becoming actually more of a story um, got it yeah okay yeah i haven't read that one yet but it looks i've seen the cover and it looks like a beautiful book, but uh, I wanted to ask about it because, yeah, it just looks, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of your more recent books as well. So I wanted mm-hmm. to just share that one as well. Anything else that you want to share, Selena? Any final words? Anything that maybe we didn't cover? Where can people find you? You know, all of that. Kind oh, of stuff. right, 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 right. I think I'm most active on Instagram. So it's just my first and last name together, S-E-L-I-N-A-A-L-K-O. I have a website, selinaalko.com. And I do Twitter. I should do it more. And yeah, I don't really know what else. I Yeah, I, I should be. I Well, this book came out, so I don't have another one out for probably at least another year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Selena, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to chat with you today. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. You're so welcome. (laughs) All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Magic mesmerizing, elegant, whimsical, strong. A little girl uses all of these words and more to describe her black natural hair. She reminisces about different ways her mom has styled her hair in the past. From braids to bantu knots, each hairstyle makes her feel beautiful and empowered. My hair is magic, but magic isn't easy. My hair with its tangles and snarls defies my mother's comb. Tall and strong, my hair stands like regal pine trees, silently guarding the pristine peace of mountainside lakes. My hair is majestic like that. When it comes to hair, there is so much to explore. It is so complex, historically and currently empowering and affirming children's book like magic like that will allow children and grown-ups to have open conversations about different hair textures, self-esteem, self-acceptance, and self-love. Check out the picture book Magic Like That written by Samara Cole Doyon, illustrated by Geneva Bowers. Recommended for ages four to eight and up. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next time where I'll be chatting books with another exciting guest. Now I want to hear from you. What books are you reading? What books are you excited about and excited to read for the remaining last quarter of this year? You can always send me an email if you care to share. 
Here we read podcasts at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's show and if you feel inclined, please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And why not share this podcast with a friend? It helps us in the rankings and it helps other people be able to find our show. Until next time, my friends, keep reading. Thank you for listening to the Here We Read podcast. Music by Emily Arrow and DCQ Beats. Produced by me, Sharnay Gordon, with Switch and Board. Editing by Switch and Board. Switch and Board.